0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 100. So first of all, a huge thank you to to all of you who have supported the show, and we've made it together till episode 100. Obviously, also thanks to the Lord Emperor Behind the Scenes, who is the mastermind behind the show, and to all the co-hosts. Today, I'm with Jonathan, scholar, capitalist, passionate defender of freedom. And for episode 100, we thought we would do something special. And this is make a very positive case for freedom and of what freedom could actually mean. Because today in the UK, we have a lot of discussions on poverty, on how to end poverty. And there's this initiative by footballer Marcus Rashford trying to persuade the government or businesses to help uh, children who uh, are from less advantaged backgrounds in school, and usually always this discussion is this defensive discussion: how we can alleviate a bit of suffering here, a bit of suffering there. And nowhere to be seen is this big vision. Like, why should there? Is there a possibility that there will be no poverty, or people who people who who want to actually, who are passionate about doing stuff in life? There's no reason why they should be free. And I think one of the big problems of the liberty movement in general is this low horizons. We're always in these battles of, if we, can, if we can lower tax from 35 to 32%, or this particular regulation, please, dear government, instead of giving us a curfew at 10 o'clock, can the curfew go at 12 o'clock? And the point is, no, there is a big, that's, maybe that's why we're losing. Because there is this big vision about how life could be if human ingenuity and productivity would be left free. Like, why couldn't I, after this, after this episode, for example, take the maglev train and in two hours be in Greece, for example? Or you know, why not living till one hundred and fifty? What if we unleash the productivity, the the, the the ingenuity of people in technology, in science? Who knows what the result can be? So to discuss these issues, as I said, Jonathan. So Jonathan, how can we really end poverty?
1: Well, I think it's, and thank you uh, Nikos for for having me. And as you said, thanks to our Lord Emperor, Razi behind the scenes at the Ayn Rand Center UK for hosting us, for making the commitment to these shows. And most of all to you, our our viewers for joining us each day for a casual, but I think very substantial discussion of these uh, uh, ripped from the headlines issues, as they say. So how do we get rid of poverty, Nikos? Well, I mean, we inherit it. I mean, we we inherited it. This is Ayn Rand's line. You know, capitalism didn't create poverty. It inherited it. I mean, poverty is what we're born into. And to kind of illustrate that point, I thought I would share a scene from, sorry, just fix my light there. I thought I'd share a scene from um, a, a movie that stuck with me. This was the movie Castaway back, I think in the early nineteen. 19- early 2000s basically Tom Hanks gets shipwrecked on an island and over the course of this movie we see him have to struggle to live and um it 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 brought me back to the idea that you know for most of human history if if you're as we're watching this this was what life was like right it was like just friggin struggling to get a little bit of sustenance trying just I mean, for most of human history, you were living basically to the age of 20, uh, maybe 30 if you were lucky. Uh, own Brook has talked about how the average human made $2 a day for the last 100,000 years, not the last 100,000 years, but for 100,000 years, the average human made two, $2 a day. I was reading an interesting history of the, the Middle Ages. 90% of the population in the Middle Ages lived by basically just subsistence farming like this. Struggling to get that friggin' coconut open. I mean, look at this. We're in two minutes now. Tom Hanks just trying to get one coconut open, um, and that's what, what life was like for for most of our lives. It's just this this subsistence life of trying to trying to get by, um, peeling away that husk, and then of course at the end, oh, finally getting those those few drops. So. Now, that's what was, was most of, of life was like. Nick, Sorry. And now know? we go
0: to the supermarkets, coconuts, uh, milk or water or whatever for one pound or yeah.
1: Oh, well, there it is. Now, oh. can you see this now? I mean, this is our lives now. This is just a couple hundred years later. We've got a, We've got a whole choice of coconut waters that you can buy for not that much money. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing, Nikos. It's really amazing. And it, it was only, you know, the point is that it was only in the 19th century, it was only at the Industrial Revolution that this all changed. This is what happened. This is when America, when individual freedom, when capitalism, I mean, you started by saying, well, what can we do to end poverty? poverty there's only one thing that can end poverty. One word, and that is capitalism. <laughs> Leaving people free to think, produce, create. Get rich. Oh, I know that's so bad now. Oh, no, you know, let people get rich and look at life today as a result, even for the so-called poor. An amazing stat, uh, uh, Nikos, you know, back in 1870, this is according to research from Michael Cox and Richard Alm, the average worker in 1870 worked 3,000 hours a year, 3,069 hours a year. Today, the average worker works about 1,800 hours a year. And think about how much better our life is today. So, you know, we could go on and on, but how do we fix poverty? The one word is capitalism. If you really cared about the poor, left or right, you wouldn't be talking about charity, you wouldn't be talking about minimum wage, you wouldn't be talking about uh, more government taxes or any of that, you'd be talking about freedom, capitalism. That's the only thing in human history that's ever really helped the poor, let alone anyone else. Uh-uh, yeah show. and
0: definitely and i remember a tweet by someone we associated to a one of the so-called washington i think libertarian think tanks he said something like there is no such a thing why is poverty because poverty has been there forever the real question is how is there such thing as being rich yes.
1: so,
0: so so yeah that's something that we need to to keep into account but let's break it a bit down what does it mean Capitalism. What does it mean? How would it look like? Let's take an example for let's take the issue of unleashing technology. So think about it this way: it's a miracle that working class people can take a cheap flight and go in the summer in Crete. And of course, this freaks out many people, it freaks out environmentalists. So, so the old aristocratic disdain for the working classes, now we can see it in the in the mostly middle class. Uh, movements such as, but that's another discussion. But think about it this way. We live in times when we are in a way going backwards. Remember the Concord You remember, you, you've probably been in a Concord. I haven't.
1: No, no, but, no. I've
0: read about it, of course. Yeah. So how about this, for example? How about unleashing energy and Unle- stopping, uh, making energy artificially expensive for reasons that are not going to do anything in terms or are going to do very little, in terms of having an impact on on our lives and on the environment. So think about this. Think about cheap travel. Think about cheaper nuclear energy. Think about nuclear fusion coming faster. Think about when there are environmental problems. Think about daring to even even discuss issues such as geoengineering, which I know it terrifies people, but we do it in various ways. In a way... Your air condition is a micro, 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 micro form of, you know, you you manipulate your environment. So that big visions, that these were the visions that made people passionate about change, about science, about technology. And these have eclipsed. These have completely eclipsed. What, as a Marxist philosopher, who we don't otherwise like, but sometimes he's clever, Z- Slavoj Zizek says, when was the last time you saw a film which portrays a nice, a, a, an optimist view of the future. It's always disaster, apocalypse. Why don't we have like more films like interstellar? This idea that if one moment something horrible happens to earth, we get on our plane. So we go to different planets. So, so that's what freedom means. Freedom means you have a great idea. You are free to pursue it as long as it's clear that you're not violating other people's people's rights. So why do you think this has eclipsed even from the freedom well, movement?
1: Well, I you know, and, and Nikos, I want to comment on something you just pointed out about a couple of concrete examples of, you know, this poverty is, I don't know, I don't want to speak for him, but it seems to me to be somewhat of a floating abstraction. What exactly is poverty? I mean, you know, some pretty interesting statistics, you know, in America, you know, uh, uh, the po- uh, impoverished people have a smart phone. a lot of them have, air, most of them have air conditioning, central heat, um, you know, what what historically would he consider to be a pretty somewhat of a uh, a comfortable lifestyle? But I think your point, from what I heard, is is really spot on. That when you talk about poverty, don't talk about the amount of money people are making. Talk about the amount of wealth that has been created. And you know, my own example is you know, do you know a, a show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Nikos, it was before you were born. This was a show. i probably the, heard it, but I, yeah, I get what this you was a show that. on in the, in the 1980s that profiled, you know, fabulously wealthy people. It was hosted by an Australian named Robin Leach, or maybe he was a Brit. I don't know. But the point was, is that he profiled. And one of the fabulous things in the 1980s was if you could have a TV in your bathtub. <gasps> Imagine, <laughs> you know? I mean, that was fabulous in the 1980s. Only the uber wealthy could have something like a TV in your bathtub where you could watch you know, local news. Well, you know what? Everyone is a friggin' TV in their bathtub now and they can see every movie that's ever been made. And Nikos, that's your point is if there's no limit on the amount of wealth that can be created. We can't imagine it. We can't imagine what people can come up with. Uber, friggin' Microsoft, Zoom. I mean, it's amazing when man is left free to create, to think, to get rich, we all prosper in a way that we can never even imagine. If you want to help the poor, that's the only thing that we, you should be advocating for, freedom for the individual entrepreneur to create, to profit, to thrive.
0: And you you just reminded me, remember the film Wall Street? How did, Mike, how did Gordon Gekko flex about his wealth? He was talking on a mobile phone. So oh, yeah. in 1987, you had to take the 0.001% of the 1% who had the cell phone, and now- Say so you can find cell phone for 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 10 pounds but let's make it even more concrete so a lot of people are saying oh, okay you people you know white privilege the men but what about someone who is actually actually poor they can't find a job so here's a question let's check the premise i can't find a job so for example we live in okay now we live in times that even if you want and you can find a job the government is probably going to stop you from working because uh, the central planners know better how to control a virus in the same way they control the economy. But think about burdens such as, for example, minimum weights. So, for example, you want to say, look, I want to start from somewhere. Can you hire me at that time for that? One? Can I work at night for, 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 few, for less money? No, sorry, not allowed. Right. Oh, I'm talented in cutting hair. Can I open a hair salon? No, 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 no. Sorry, you need 10 differences. I have experience, I'm talented in, um, in self-defense. Can I open a dojo? No, 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 because you need uh, 10 different papers and you need to register. So even in, I'm not even going to mention countries like with the bureaucracy of Greece, but even in more pro-market countries, you have these burdens. So why don't we discuss these things when we talk about the poor? Why don't we discuss about, why is freedom such a taboo? Why, for example, when we talk about Black Lives Matter and about the injustices against uh, less privileged people from less privileged background, why don't we talk about fee- be free to do whatever you want with your body? You want to use drugs? Use drugs. Therefore, you take away, let's assume that there is a police officer who is racist. You take away from that racist police officer this ability to arrest you because you have something that the state has said you are not supposed to do this. But we never want to go there. We never want to go to freedom. When, whenever we want to deal with the problem, it's always the benevolent central planner, or the, or it's it's more this idea of empathy. I empathize. Altruism.
1: I to... Say it, Nikos. Altruism.
0: That's what it is, right? You, yeah. At the end of the day, it's altruism. But sorry, the best thing to do for someone is not to quote empathize. Is to make sure that this person can be free to get out of of poverty, that they can flourish. I don't want to be, I don't want to, To. to my, I want to see people flourish. That's, and we are the real, again, revolutionaries, and we are the real, quote, friends of the people or, or whatever the other side is is, is using. There's
1: a wonderful uh, clip on YouTube, you must go Google right after the show, of Ayn Rand being asked about the poor. And she quotes, I love this moment of hers, I think it's, She quotes um, the Reverend Ike. Now, the Reverend Ike was a kind of a TV, um, you know. she describes him as a black, I think, evangelist. But her point is, the best way to help the poor is not to be one of them. (laughs) I just love that. She shuts down the crowd, it erupts in applause. But to your point, uh, Nikos, people say they can't find a job, but in a free economy, there's an unlimited amount of jobs that can be creative. There's jobs of all different skill levels. There's more high-level jobs. There's more low-level jobs. And as someone myself who started at a minimum wage job, um, what you quickly find over and over again, as an example, is that people start there and they quit. many people quickly move up. Um, you know, the, the irony is that the minimum wage, at least here in America, Nicos, the, the labor department, they knew that it killed jobs when they first put it in. This is back in the 1930s. They knew that it destroyed employment. The low level, but it was that notion of altruism. Well, we can't have someone working for like five dollars an hour, six dollars an hour. But what they end up having is that person not working at all. That no job, no economic benefit, and no ability to learn a skill to prosper to move up the ladder. That is the story of the American dream, but the capitalist dream. And that's what we, I think, as as objectivists, really need to advocate for the one true solution for poor the poor. And you know, even Bono, who I don't. I don't uh, know much about YouTube uh, after, uh, you know, study bloody Sunday, but, um, you know, he's talked about how I'm quoting Bono now, as a person who spent 30 years fighting to get people out of poverty, it was somewhat humbling to realize that commerce, he's talking about capitalism, capitalism played a bigger role than deployment, meaning uh, charity. I'd say my biggest transformation in 10 years is understanding the power of capitalism to make or break lives gets it to our viewers
0: and because they're always gonna be the caricature figure like the, the Paul Krugmans of this world who's gonna say oh the objective is you know you want to... so let me clarify something yes there will be people who will fall because of tragedies of life things happen now why why should it be the case that these people in a free society would be doomed no. There's so many of us who are benevolent, good people, uh, people who don't like to see people suffering, and we see time and again that actually the more you are not, the more in a way free you are from from the bonds of altruism. In altruism, not like benevolence, in terms of like your life has to be has to be stuck with the life of someone else. So, for example, if as Enron says in I think uh, the nation's unity essay. When my neighbor hasn't got a vote on how I live my life, then I'm way more benevolent with my neighbor because now my neighbor is not a threat. I'm very happy. And we saw even in the societies where because of welfare state or whatever, communities have been eroded. We saw when the lockdown started, uh, stickers around the door, let uh, let me know if you need shopping. I'm going out. I don't know who you are, but if you're stuck. So we've seen this benevolence time and again. But when it is channeled through this central planning uh, alt, uh, obligatory altruist morality, that's when it is eroded. So you can have either benevolence and this idea of solidarity, or you can have the existing situation where, uh, where you're your brother's keepers. But you can't have both. And the one actually you're going to see people benevolently helping people, or the other you're going to see the situations that we that we experience uh, nowadays.
1: Well, and, and I'll quickly say, you know, Nikos. Yeah, for there, there's a a small, tiny minority of people who literally can't do anything for them for themselves. Who can't do anything for themselves. And our and our heart hearts goes go out. My heart goes out to them. But that's even more why you want to leave these creative entrepreneurs free to ooh, make as much money as they want. Because you know what? Then you get stuff like Amazon. I mean. I think of someone who's got a disability. I mean, how much has Amazon helped them? You, you can't even imagine. Or something like Zoom, you know, who, for an old person who used to be isolated. I mean, how much does that help them? It's incalculable. It helps them more than any type of handout, any type of charity, any type of little freebie that, that a government minder, as you said, could come up with. So if you really care about people in need, unleash, unshackle the entrepreneurs that truly make the world a better place for us all.
0: And the big question is, why is then all this not happening? And the answer is because we are losing big times in the battle of ideas. So my final message would be this. So first of all, first of all, we need to go to people with this vision that we are playing the big game. We're not playing yep. for putting the tax down 0.1% because then maybe... No, no, no. We, we have a vision about how life... Should be about people being free, and maybe someone when they're free, you know, they only want to work a a simple job because that's that's their values. So feel free, different people will want to do different things. This is not like the Soviet vision that we're gonna go to the moon and the whole society needs to work about that. No, each one will work about their vision, but we can imagine and we can dream what will happen there. So the first one is, and the second is, we make we need to fight this fight based on this idea of human agency and this idea of individual agency, and individual freedom, that my life is mine, that I live my life for myself, and this is how we're gonna have these miracles. And this is how, in a way, everyone's gonna be better off. As you said, I am of a very modest income, but how much do I benefit from the fact that every song ever written in history is one click away for free? So not only uh, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates have not exploited me, they've added so much value in my life that that, that can't even be paid back with, uh, with uh, you know the money I gave to buy my MacBook Air. I'm an immigrant and I can talk 24 hours for free with my family in Greece. And you have the critics of capitalism saying, "Oh, capitalism creates alienation. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to hear you say that, Nikos. I, I, I appreciate that, and I, and I think you're right. It's it's uh, you know it's kind of it's it's realizing the the benefit, the long term benefit to us as in, in, as individuals. And you're right. It's at the end of the day, it's about us. And you know, what? we're all not going to necessarily be Steve Jobs. That's that's not the point. Um, but we're all going to pursue our own passion, our own our own um, goal, our own values in our lives, and you know, the net result has always been, so, you know, Rand talked about studying history and Rand said, you know, I'm badly paraphrasing here, but with something to the effect of, you know, how can she know how man should live if he, I don't know how he has lived. And I've always found a study of history fascinating as well. And, you know, Nicholas, when you realize how little people even know basic history now, when they think of the middle ages, they think of, like something like medieval times, like everyone came with you with this big bucket of chicken and you watched a a medieval fair and it was, no, these were, you know, for most of our lives, we've lived in such terrible, terrible conditions. I'm talking about eating moss and starving. And I mean, it's only because of capitalism, the freedom that you've described, the freedom that objectivists we advocate for. So, you know, you can hit it, of course, on the moral level. And I think you almost have to hit it on a practical level and remind people like, look, it's only because of capitalism that we live the life that we, that we enjoy right now, even the so-called poor. Um, so if you care about people in need, if you care about the poor, it's laissez-faire, it's individual rights, it's a freedom and capitalism that you
0: should be advocating for. Thank you, Jonathan. So many thanks to our audience. Here's to making it to 1,000 episodes. For this to happen, keep supporting the show. If you're getting value out of it, like Sir, consider becoming also members of the Annual Center UK. Go to the to the website, find the relevant section, membership, become a member, and support the good work Razi and the centre is doing. So, Jonathan, have a good weekend, good premises, see you all soon. Bye bye.